Two years ago, Jan and I lost our dog, Stitch, who was a member of our family for 13 years and was like a third child to us. When she died, the comforting answers at people, well-intended as they were, didn't comfort me at all. The idea that, that our dog had crossed the Rainbow Bridge or went to doggy heaven or whatever was a little unsettling to me. It wasn't comforting, uh, and it seemed rather childish. So here's the problem. We all do that a lot. When we don't have the answers to comfort, we sometimes say things that avoid the reality of loss in our life, or we act like we have to know everything. And the truth is, we don't have all the answers. And there are times when it is far better just to say, I don't know, not a phrase one hears too much in this current culture. Queer Stitch is a religious treatise about the dealing with loss in a children's book form. It's a great book to share with kids and grandkids when they lose a pet, and a wonderful story about loss and dealing with hurts in our life. To order your copy of Where Stitch, go to www.wherestitch.com. That's wherestitch.com. Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. What a great practical topic today, teen grief. Mark, you've probably been a firsthand observer of teen grief, haven't you? You know, a lot of the kids that live with us have had a great loss in their life in some way. And we have a residential counseling center. 60 kids live there with us. But I would say at any given time, 15 to 20 of those kids have lost a brother, you know, a sister, a mom's mm-hmm. died of cancer, dad was killed in an accident. Or a friend from suicide. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's amazing. And, and what's even, I, I say this, what's even more amazing to me, because I wasn't as connected with my grandparents, is that grandparents, because kids are so close to their grandparents now, that is really hitting them a lot more than it was even 20 years ago. And yet I don't think people are talking about this very much, are we? I don't think they do, but I think it's a great motivator of inappropriate behavior and and unhealthy behavior in kids that that we have to look at to help kids process it. This this is why I like for every family to have a dog. (laughs) You know, dogs live to be about 12 years old. You get a puppy... You know, and a, and a child gets to see a dog get older in the family and they get to see him turn colors and and then they get to see him die at the end of that. You know, and, and I've always thought back and said, why does God do that? I think it's because he wants us to experience life, that we get yeah. to see it and we help a child along the path of helping them understand there's life here and there's death here. And it happens within a 12-year period that's perfect. So when a child gets in their teens, they have a loss so that we can engage with them and offer them something and learn how to deal with that loss. So it's a practical lesson in processing grief. Oh, I think it is. I never thought of it that way. All right. For teens, certainly the death of a parent or a grandparent or a loved one is uh, is deep hurt. But there are other kinds of grief too, Mark. You know, I think there are. I mean, when a child uh, goes through the divorce of their family, family. There's something that's lost. 
when they have a breakup with a girlfriend, something is lost. I mean, there's there's a loss of a dream when somebody starts to realize, even I'm not a princess anymore. <laughs> you know, they feel like they're going to the princess brawl <laughs> in middle school and they're going, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not that anymore. You know, the death of a friend, the suicide of a friend, somebody's in an accident, they lose somebody in a high school. You know, and, and people always make comments. So the first thing that we want to do, well, we need to get a counselor there and get them and, and have them meet with a counselor. You know, and, and I've always been one to sit back and I go, no, you know, you've got to give it a little bit of time and let kids start to process this loss. It Good doesn't, advice, yeah. it just doesn't happen all at once because when kids go through a loss, they'll start to express it in different ways by their behavior. Behavior is a symptom of a loss in their life, Hmm. usually. And so you're going to see a child start to say, well, everything's good and perfect and everything's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. Leave me alone. You'll hear parents say, well, he never cried. Well, you know what? Maybe it's going to take a long time to cry. Some people grieve all at once. Other people grieve over a period of 10 years. I've also noticed that we tend to minimize the grief in our team. Oh, they're young. They'll get over it. You know, it's just... We all go through it, so... Yeah, you know what? And I I don't believe that to be true. And and the reason I don't believe it to be true is they're confused a little bit by it. You know, what's happening is they're faced with the end of life at the beginning of their life when somebody's died, and they're having to process this amidst all the other stuff that's going on, and I think it's somewhat confusing. Because if you have a parent says, come on, we need to let you grieve through it and just get through it, and then it's over with, let's move on. I think kids sometimes just do not do that. They can't get it off their mind. They know that life is different. That's why they start to self-medicate. That's why you see them become angry. They withdraw. They become very depressed. They uh, they feel like they have to have it all together. They you know they think that everything's got to be perfect to show something different. They may be paranoid. They may have panic attacks, thinking that it's going to happen to them. Well, this is a brand new emotion for them. It they really may not is. have gone through this before. That's right. It's it's all something that's very new. And and for us to say, well, no, it should be this way or it should be that way, it doesn't work that way. I think it's it's very different how kids process things. Now, at the same time, I think kids do process their grief. We've had kids that have lived with us who have lo- lost their parents and uh, not the 9-11 thing with, that they've come out of a very traumatic situation in the past, and people memorialize that, and they won't let somebody die at mm-hmm. times. And, and I'm not against all the memorials and 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 all that. but but somewhere we've got to say it's it's time to bury this and to move on yeah. it's t- it's it's time for it to stop and we accept it and if a child has a difficult time moving to that point that's what we say let's get you some help so that somebody a grief counselor and it's usually somebody a little bit older that understands the end of life or the end of a dream or the or has had a major loss in their life that person, they go in and they help you process that so that a child doesn't have to resort to the negative and inappropriate behavior to, to kind of cope with, with what they're dealing with. If a teen is quiet, quietly grieving, not saying much, that's the time you really need to draw them out, isn't it? It really is, you know, and sometimes that's just being with them. We had a young man whose, whose parents were killed in a, in a bizarre, bizarre mission deal that happened down in the Amazon, and the plane was shot down, and this young boy lived, and, and his dad did, but his mom and his sister were killed. And, and, uh, and you know, this kid had been had, had just he, he, trying to understand that and to grab that as a five or, and six years old became very difficult for him. And so I think he looked at it initially saying, you know, mom's gone. 
And so we're going to do other things in life. And as a five and six year old, you deal with things concretely. And then dad remarried to a very fine woman. And, and then he goes, okay, that happened. Well, now the kid starts to think more abstractly as he enters the teen years. And it's almost like he's reliving what has happened in the past, because now he begins to understand that mom's not going to be at prom. Mom's never going to be around. She'll never see what a mm. fine young man I'm turning into. So they start to grieve again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a second grieving. Somebody goes, well, come on, you need to get over that. I go, no, 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 no. You never get over no, it. No, there's a reason why it comes up. Yeah. You know, I, I, I gave flowers to a little girl the other day who, who lost her dad four years ago, and she goes, I can't believe... I just can't get over this. Every anniversary, the day after my birthday, every anniversary, I remember him being gone, and it's a very tearful day. And I said, sweetheart, I hope that you never forget Mm -hmm. that. I hope you never forget it. But I don't want it to control you, though. And so that's where it's just the presence of being there uh, that, that I think makes a big difference with kids. And then you build that relationship. So when they're ready to talk about things, then they'll bring it up. They're looking for an escape. They're looking for a better way to cope with things. Does grief often manifest itself in other behavior, sometimes bizarre behavior or even anger? You know, I think it. I think kids get very mad that there was an end of life. I mean, somebody commits suicide is a very angry thing for people around. You can't believe that they would do something like that. You can't understand why somebody would hurt that much to take their life. And so you get mad at other people. You express that. You you lose your kind of excitement for life in one sense, and kids can become very depressed. And so I think you do see the bizarre behavior. But it's wise for parents not to make too much out of it but to, to make sure they're at least making something out of it and allowing a child to grieve through things. What can we do? What can we do as parents to help our kids process the grief that they're experiencing? You know, I, I would say learn to watch your child and become a student of their lives. And, and I'm going to tell you this at the, at the last of this uh, list also. I mean, you've got to be attentive to a child. What are they doing? What's going on? Look for those little marks where you just see them kind of daydreaming, thinking somewhere else. You know, if you're not paying attention, they might be hurting deeply and you're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is be intentional about listening without being judgmental. You know, when a child says, I'm having a real tough time with this, don't say, well, you shouldn't have a tough time because <laughs> you should work through this and all things don't work together. Don't minimize it. No. That's right. All yeah. things work together for good. You know, for those who love the Lord, I mean, what you've just done is taken a great scripture that, that is wonderful, but you've used it in such a way that it's, that it's shaming a child for feeling the way that he feels. And if you don't allow a child to get their feelings out and to talk about them, they will act them out in some way. It's, a, it's amazing to me that the loss of an animal within a home, a dog, a cat, even a grandparent, 10 years later can affect a child because it wasn't handled properly initially. You know, and, and, and we have a, a ton of animals, I mean, that, that and, and they will die. And so I always exposed my grandkids to it and the kids that live with us. I, I want to walk with them through that so they understand it. And as they watch it and process, it's amazing to me how it comes up in counseling meetings and it becomes a focus of their time. They want to know how to get through the grief in their life. To all you pastors, youth workers, and family ministers, I hope you'll host the Engage 23 simulcast at your church on February 18th 
2023, where my good friend Kirk Cameron and I will be presenting a seminar for parents and grandparents entitled Engage, Equipping and Empowering Parents to Raise Teens in a Contrary Culture. Look, we're going to be talking about things like understanding the effects of this culture and and how the culture uh, is affecting your teen or maintaining a relationship when everything else is working against you. We'll talk about answering the greatest challenges that are facing parents, how to develop rules and structure in a relational atmosphere, and finding hope when you feel hopeless. Hey, this simulcast can change the trajectory of your family, and I hope that you will host us so that your people in your church can find out how to effectively raise their teens in a world that's a little bit different than they grew up in. You can find out more about Engage 23 at Engage23.com. That's Engage23.com. Let us know if you'd like to host the simulcast on February 18th, 2023. Mark, we've gotten a lot of help today on how to help our teens as they grieve over various situations. Let's spend our remaining time talking about what parents can do to help teens in this Absolutely. situation. Absolutely. You know, we already mentioned that they can learn to watch their child and become a student of their lives. That's very important. The second thing is be intentional about listening. Turn your phone off. <laughs> Sit down. Turn the TV off. Go do what they want to do. Find a place that they like to talk. And it may be a nearby coffee shop or Starbucks, someplace where you can go and just sit and talk. It's okay for your child to be distracted and look at other things. It's not okay for you to be distracted. Your eyes need to be on your child. You and I know a dad who took a long road trip for the express purpose of having that time in the car to talk. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the daughter hated him at the end of it. No, <laughs> not really. But I mean, it, it is. that, and I, and I applaud that dad. Let's get in the car and go do something and just talk. And that's what they did. Yeah. You've got to spend time doing that. The third thing is help your teen identify feelings and express them. Mm-hmm. Don't tell him what he's supposed to feel like or what she's supposed to do. We wouldn't like to hear that, would we? That's right. Yeah, when you're grieving, sometimes the best thing to do is just have your presence available for them and make them feel comfortable. Make sure you're not being judgmental or tell them, well, you didn't cry at the funeral and you should, Mm. or you're going through this stage of anger or this stage of Don't do that. Don't tell somebody what to do. Allow them to do it. Now, if it goes into depression, you know, where your child is can't get out of bed, they can't function anymore, they have an overriding sense of doom, you need to do something yeah, there. That's when you need further that, help. Sure. But grief is a very normal response to loss. Now, what if they reject our support? You know, I think they may reject our support if you don't have those communication lines already there. You may want to encourage them to get involved in a group support. You know, there is something about going to a grief group. Go to other people who have had losses in their life. They've experienced it. I personally think it's very difficult when somebody hasn't grieved a lot in their life is telling somebody else how to grieve. You know, I I, I think there's a part of it where I want to go around somebody who has experienced that. But look for ways, every which way, to reach out to your teen and just be observant, listen, Yep. Be supportive. That's right. Even when they that's right. Kind of stiff arm you a little bit, right? That's right. And be patient. I mean, you just you know, some kids it takes it takes a whole ten years to grieve through a situation. You know, I, I mean I, I gotta tell you this, I was fired from a job 
uh, 23 and a half years ago <laughs> on August 4th at 1030 in the morning. <laughs> you know what? I'm beyond that. You're still that. grieving. I think I still grieve that thing that happened. You know, I've lost animals. I still grieve some of those animals. I, I feel a sense of loss. I'm not so sure you're supposed to get yeah. over it. That's the best advice I ever got from someone who really had experienced grief was, you know, you never get over it. Yes, life goes on and you pick up and move on, but you don't get over it. Well, I, I'm not so sure you're supposed to. You know, I mean, it's almost... I want to have those memories, and it's okay to have those sad feelings and those, I mean, that's all a part of life, just as much as the joyous feelings, but they remind me of something good, very good, and so I don't want a child to to get over it. I want them to just continue to work through it, and with a little bit of encouragement, a whole lot of patience, and being attentive, then you're going to do okay. That's the summary of it all, isn't it? It is. Be attentive. It is. Pay attention to your teen and what they're going through and identify with what they're going through. Don't just ascribe it to being a teenager. Yep. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.